0: Let's pray. Dear Father, we pray that you'd give us wisdom this morning and insight into your word, how to honor you and to think like mature Christians and not like children. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so what do you want to know? So we've talked about, uh, let's see here, the Sabbath, right, prayer. Talked about questions regarding prayer, assurance of salvation, hit that a couple of times, Uh, federal vision we hit. These are pretty heavy and serious topics, right? And so today, should Christians smoke pot? (laughs) Which is also a heavy and serious topic, actually. Okay? But uh, let me... Before we get into this, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I might have, I might know a thing or two about this. Um, so when I was, and I don't want to make light of this at all. Seriously, when I was, uh, oh, let's see, uh, going between eighth and ninth grade. Anybody going into ninth grade? Okay. Yeah. So that's how old I was when I started smoking pot as a, as a kid. Do you mind me calling you a kid? Okay. Well, I was a kid. Um, and I did that for two years in high school. And I mean, not just your occasional every now and then, maybe, but almost every day if I could, all right? And of course, that got me into other things. Um, because that always does, okay? At least in my experience and the people I knew. Um, so I did that for two, two years straight. And when God saved me, when I came to faith in Christ, that's what I came out of, all right? Uh, I know some of you have similar uh, history, all right? So this is not something that I, I'm gonna talk about that today the actual experience of that, not just theoretically, all right, as someone who read something once about it, but as someone who's been there and done that. So that's part of, well, I think this is very important. So why are we dealing with this question now? Why do we have to ask this question now? Someone asked the question, why do we have to deal with it today? What's that? Yeah, so state by state by state is making marijuana use legal, right? And I am not going to talk about that, that question of legality versus being illegal. legal That's not my concern today, okay? You can, we can argue, there are good arguments, you can argue that, that question, all right, about the wisdom of it, the... Um, the ramifications of both sides of that question, that's not my question today. But it is being legalized all across America, not only for medical use, but for recreational use. And those are two separate issues, right? Medical use, recreational use. And I'm not gonna talk about medical use either. That, I think that is another category. You can talk about it, but that's not what I, we don't have time to talk about that today. Um, and so it's being legalized. So here parents, in, in Indiana, even now, or, you know, in the past, in America, this was the answer. This was often the answer. Hey, hey, Dad, why, why can't I smoke pot? You can't smoke pot because it's illegal. Right? Or, you know, the, the uh, you might ask... Um, or you might say, you might think, young people of all ages, I know there are young people here who are, should know better, who would say, as long as, as long as it's legal, I can do it. Now, is that a good way to, to approach this question? As long as it's legal, I can do it? <laughs> legal doesn't equal moral, right? Well, yeah, adultery is legal, greed is legal. Fornication, drunkenness, abortion, sodomy, all these things are legal. Legal doesn't mean moral, right? You guys got me on that? All right. So if the only reason your kids or you don't smoke pot is that it's currently illegal in the state of Indiana, you are fried, pun intended, right? You're, you're just, you're done, you have no ground, you have no leg to stand on to argue either with yourself or with your kids or with someone else about this question. If, if the, your only answer is, well, it's illegal. It's not going to be illegal for long, okay? And you can get in a car or a plane and drive to Colorado or Washington or New Hampshire, I don't know where else. Michigan. California, probably, surely. Surely, <laughs> you know? And there it is, so, there was, so it's not illegal there, so does that mean it's something you can do if you find yourself in Colorado, right? You gotta have a better answer to this question than simply it's legal or not. Because it probably will be legal soon. And so I'm not addressing the question again of whether or not it should be legal. That's a totally different question. What I'm asking is, is it right? Is it moral? And so we need to think like Christians here. We need to think like grown-up, mature Christians. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 20, Brethren, do not be children in your thinking. Yet in evil be infants, but in your thinking be mature. All right? So if if your best argument is, well, it's illegal, or, well, it's legal, you know what I say to you? Grow up. Grow up. Start thinking like a man, not like a child. That's the way a child thinks. Does that make sense? It's just easy, superficial, and don't actually have to think about it. Don't be children in your thinking, be men. So what does God say about this? Um, well, you know, open up your Bible, find marijuana in your, in your, in your Bible, you're not going to find that, Right? You're not going to find pot. You're not going to find dope. You're not going to find weed. You might find weed. I don't know about that one. Uh, But God absolutely talks about this. In Scripture, God tells us what not to do and what not to be, and He tells us what we should do and what we should be. So, negative and positive. He gives us negative commands, things we should not do or be, and positive commands, things we should do or be. He gives us both. And here are some negative commands that directly apply to this question. Romans 13, the night is almost done and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness. All right, deeds of darkness. Let's be done with this. And put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. Carousing means um, partying. That's just what it means. All right? So partying, carousing, drunkenness, right in line here with sexual promiscuity, with sensuality, with strife and jealousy. All these things are put together, right? As things that we must put off, if you profess Christ, if you profess to be a child of the light. 1 Corinthians 5, I wrote you in my letter not not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world, or with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. All right, so this is the, the Apostle Paul here is saying, you don't have to Uh, we don't disassociate ourselves in little enclaves and hide from from the world, right? But here's what he says. But actually, I wrote to you, not to associate with any so-called brother, so someone who calls himself a Christian, if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler, a reviler is someone who despises authority, all right? Or a drunkard or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. This is the basis for one of the, one of the passages where we get the Bible's teaching on church discipline, right? And so these are, this is a man, anyone who calls himself a Christian, and yet he gives himself to these kinds of things. This is sexual immorality, covetousness, idolatry, hatred of authority, drunkard, drunkenness, swindling, so cheating people for for money. He's don't even eat with such a one. 1 Corinthians 6, he says, very heavy things. That's the wrong way. There we go. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators... Nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Now we read this text and today... uh, we have been focusing in our time on these two words, effeminate and homosexual, right? And rightly so. Because people are saying you can be effeminate and homosexual and and claim to be a Christian, right? And everything's fine. Everything's fine. That's going to be your identity and your thoughts and your desires. It's fine. Uh, You know, if you just don't actually do certain things outwardly And yet, look at the list. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate homosexuals, thieves, covetous drunkards, revilers, swindlers. These are in a list together. And if you're gonna be all rightly and righteously opposed to things like effeminacy and homosexuality and adultery and fornication, then you better be opposed to drunkenness. Do you hear me? It's the same thing. I mean, it's in the same list. These are things that people who give themselves to this stuff, what does he say? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. There it is. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul says, again, something very close. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. That word sorcery, by the way, not going to spend a lot of time talking about this. Uh, the, The Greek word there is pharmakia. Right? Pharmakia. And it's not about, you know, aspirin and Tylenol, okay, and insulin, (laughs) but it is at the root of sorcery, always, always, always has been altering the mind with drugs, almost always everywhere you go. Uh, You can, they found a, a grave of a shaman. You know what a shaman is? You guys know what a shaman, like a witch doctor, right? This is real. This is not make-believe, goofy, pretend things. These are people who communicate with spirits or with the dead or whatever that God forbids. They manipulate the world with magic and that kind of stuff. And they found uh, in the grave of, of one shaman, it's obvious because of the grave and what it's in it and all that kind of stuff. Guess what they found in there? This is a 2,700-year-old grave. What did they find? Anyone want to guess? huh, a bag of pot, <laughs> about a pound, and he wasn't, you know, making rope. Um, sorcery, okay, my point is sorcery has always been, even the word itself relates it to what we think of as the altering of the mind with drugs, pharmakia, pharmakia pharmacia is the word, enmity strife jealousy outbursts of anger disputes dissensions factions envying drunkenness carousing and things like these of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God This is not some cool little thing you can do This is your this is your soul at stake kind of stuff All right Ephesians 5 So then don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Foolish, foolish, right? Don't be foolish. Being drunk, altering your mind in that way is foolish. And dissipation. What does dissipation mean? Waste. Wastefulness, wasting your life, wasting your body, wasting your mind. Peter, for the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lusts, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Look at the list. These are the things that go together. These are the things that go together, right? Sensuality less, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, abominable idolatries. In all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excess of dissipation, excesses of dissipation, and they malign you. So if you've given yourself to these things and you you turn away from that, and start pursuing Christ, they malign you. That's what happened to me? Right? if, If that's your story, it's happened to you. What's wrong with you? You know, you're some kind of a stick in the mud. They malign you. But they, the people who still do these things, will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. This is judgment day stuff. Okay? Recreational. Recreational um, sensuality, recreational lust, recreational drunkenness, recreational carousing, drinking parties, recreational uh, abominable d- idolatries. You know, it's just about having fun. No, it's about Judgment Day. Do you see that? You guys? You guys? Putting my laser on you. Now that's just all repeating what is said over and over again in the in the Old Testament. Just here's a couple examples, just so you see this. Wine is a mocker, strong drink, a brawler, whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. Do not be with heavy drinkers of wine or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe one with rags. So that's the negative side, all right? Do not be drunk. On the positive side, what's the opposite of being drunk? Being what? Sober. Sober, sensible, in your right mind, right? But you, 1 Thessalonians 5, but you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief for you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep, do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Some drunkenness here, the reality of it, and just even as an analogy, right, is darkness. It's it's, um, it's old, it's what you used to do. It's not what Christians are to do. Those who have salvation, have faith and love, and the hope of salvation are to be sober. 2 Timothy 4. This is written to a pastor, but it holds true certainly for pastors and also for and elders and all church Officers and all of that, but it's also the standard for all of us, right? Uh, but you, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. First Peter one thirteen. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 4, 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. 1 Peter 5, 8, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Titus, chapter 2. Look at this. All right, this is the passage where he gives uh, specific instructions. He's talking to, to Titus, the pastor and Titus the pastor is to give specific instructions to the different categories of people in the church, right? So here's older men. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith in love and perseverance. Can you get, can you get stoned and be any of those things? How about drunk? Temperate, dignified, sensible. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips or enslaved to much wine. All right. So not drunk. Teaching what is good so that they may encourage the young women. So here's what the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible. There's that word again pure workers at home kind being subject to their own husbands so that the word of god will not be dishonored likewise urge the young men to be sensible as they say in england full stop right period actually it's not it's a it's a semicolon close enough in other words that's all he says to young men young men be sensible right sober think straight don't be a fool Don't give yourself to all this stuff. And all things show yourself, Titus, to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Over and over and over again, God commands us to be sober, sensible, temperate, dignified, alert, Do you see this? Okay. Now I know what you're thinking, right? This is talking about alcohol, not pot. This doesn't have anything to do with pot. He doesn't say anything about pot. Right? Is, is Is that a good argument? Here's my response. Brethren, don't be children in your thinking. At an evil be infants, but in your thinking be mature. Okay, come on. Seriously? You think just because it doesn't talk about pot, so you can't be drunk with wine, but you can be drunk with whiskey. Right? Same, same argument. You can't be drunk with wine, but do all the meth you want, do all the heroin you want, do all the Oxycontin you want, because it doesn't talk about that, you know. Hey, this is a this is a neutral area. This is a indifferent. This is you know. These are principles that apply to all kinds of substances and activities. And so, do you honestly think that God forbids drunkenness with alcohol, but is fine with sniffing gas? I mean, the Bible doesn't talk about gas, so it must be okay to huff diesel, right? Or glue. All right, and it's just a stupid, stupid, stupid way of thinking and arguing. You cannot do any of that and be alert and sober, of sound judgment and sober spirit, temperate, dignified, and sensible. Okay, so that's that. Now, here's what some of you are still thinking. All right? If you can drink alcohol in moderation, then you can smoke pot in moderation, Anyone, I know some of you have thought this and argued this or thinking this. You know what my answer to that is? <laughs> Anybody want to testify? Mm-hmm. No, you can't, actually. Um, remember, I've been there and I've done that. I smoked pot over 30 years ago, and even then, it had been cultivated grown, right? It's a plant that can be cultivated and grown intentionally to maximize the level of THC. Do you guys know what THC is? It's, um, tetrahydrocannabinol, right? Uh, that is the chemical in marijuana that get, that makes you high. That's it, all right? By the way, um, Someone asked me this, two, two or three people asked me this, knowing I was talking about this today. You all know what CBD oil is? You guys know what CBD oil is? You can, you can buy it at the grocery store. All right. It comes from uh, hemp or from other... Hemp is a, is a kind of... Is a, how can I... Marijuana is a kind of hemp. Hemp they used to grow all over the country to make rope out of. Okay. And... Um, It doesn't have these levels of THC. CBD oil has no THC at all in it. None. It does not in any way make you high like smoking pot makes you high or eating pot makes you high. Totally different thing. Just keep that clear in your mind, all right? It's THC that does it. Um, The higher the THC content, the more potent the drug. Even 30 years ago, all right, when I was your age, um... There were strains of pot out there that would, that would make you high with one, just simply one toque, one, one drag on a, on a joint. That is only increased um, today because, guess what? What's the point of smoking pot? Is it the, the lovely bouquet? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, ah, you know, is it the, uh, The feel in the mouth? What's the point? The point of smoking pot is getting high. And so they cultivate it to make it more potent, all right? And so, no. You you can tell me all day long that you can smoke smoke pot in moderation so as not to get high. And I say, no, you can't. No, you can't. Anyone want to argue with that? <laughs> who's, who's been there and done it? Who's, yeah? What's the point of drinking alcohol? I'll get to that in a second. The point of drinking alcohol is not getting drunk. I'll, and I'll show you that in a second. If the point of drinking alcohol for you is getting drunk, you may not drink alcohol, all right? Okay. So, okay, if you're telling me I can't get high, then no one should drink alcohol either. To your point. Okay. So either, so what's the logic behind this question? Or yeah, this statement, it's not a question. This argument. What, someone who would make that statement, that argument, what are they? What are they actually trying to say? So they're saying they're saying you can't drink in moderation, but that's not what they're saying, is it? It's an absurd. It's an absurdity that says if if I can't get high, then you can't drink alcohol, and that's those things actually don't go together because you can drink alcohol in moderation. Okay? And besides that, that's not what the Bible teaches. Look at this. Um, Well, remember, the Bible teaches over and over again, two sides of one coin. On the negative side, do not get drunk. On the positive side, be sober-minded, right? We've just seen all of that. You can certainly drink alcohol in moderation and not get drunk. Now, if you personally are not able to drink alcohol in moderation, then don't drink alcohol at all, like I said. Because the standard, the line, over and over again is in fact drunkenness. All right? But don't become unbiblical and unchristlike in your prohibitions. All right? Don't, don't be holier than Jesus. Do you realize, you all remember this, Jesus, his first miracle, and Cana of Galilee was at a wedding where he did what? Turned water into wine, right? How much? Hundred and fifty gallons, at least. Hundred and thirty to hundred and eighty gallons of wine. A thousand bottles. A thousand bottles of wine. That's how much that is. All right? Was Jesus a sinner? Was Jesus encouraging people to sin? Was Jesus encouraging them to get drunk? Did Jesus assume once you pop that first 50-gallon jug of wine, everyone's just going to lose their mind and, go, and get drunk? Is that what, is that what Je- was Jesus promoting carousing the word that we've seen over and over again? Anybody? No. No. So the argument that says you can't drink alcohol in moderation doesn't work, does it? Are you with me? Okay. This is from the Law of God, Deuteronomy chapter 14. This is talking about feast days and so on. And this is what it says. You shall surely tithe all the produce from what you sow, which comes out of the field every year, You shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God at the place where he chooses to establish his name. So this is Jerusalem, the temple, right? The tithe of your grain, your new wine, your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and your flock, so that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. If the distance is so great for you, so this is calling all the people to Jerusalem, to feast, to feast. And they're supposed to bring stuff with them to feast on, right? He says, If the distance is so great for you that you're not able to bring the tithe, since the place where the Lord your God chooses to set his name is too far away from you when the Lord your God blesses you, so you live way up north or way down south or wherever, then you shall exchange it for money. So you'll take the money, you bind the money in your hand, and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses, to Jerusalem. You may spend the money for whatever your heart desires, for oxen, for sheep, or wine, or strong drink, or whatever your heart desires, and there you shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice, you and your household. Is God himself commanding debauchery here? Is he commanding drunkenness? Is is he commanding carousing, drinking parties? He tells them, buy whatever you want. Buy wine, buy strong drink, eat, rejoice. Is he commanding them to sin? No. All right. Psalm 105, he causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the labor of man so that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine which makes man's heart glad so that he may make his face glisten with oil and food which sustains man's heart. This is a blessing from God. Ecclesiastes, go then eat your bread and happiness and drink your wine with a cheerful heart for God has already approved your works. Let your clothes be white all the time and let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life which he has given you to you under the sun for this is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. Isaiah 25, the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on this mountain, a banquet of aged wine, choice pieces with marrow, and refined aged wine. And on this mountain, he will swallow up the covering which is over all peoples, even the veil which is stretched over all nations. He will swallow up death for all time. And the Lord God will wipe, away, wipe tears away from all faces, and he will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Now listen, this is a description of the gospel Right? Would would God use a description of something that was inherently evil as a picture of the gospel? Would He command it, like we saw in Deuteronomy? No. Would He use? Could could you just swap this out? Okay. So you know, let's say the modern, um, you know, the modern dopers Bible. Okay, let's say. The Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet to roll people in a banquet of really good pot. Does that work? Does that work? Is it the same thing is my point? No, it's not in fact the same thing. Thinking as if it is, is just foolish and immature way of thinking. So God made wine as a blessing for mankind. He talks about it positively over and over again. But good things can be misused and abused, right? That's why he forbids drunkenness. Uh, Martin Luther famously said, um, you know, women can be abused. That doesn't mean we outlaw women. Right? In other words, the fact that something can be abused does not negate the proper use of it. Wine, all of that stuff can be abused. That doesn't negate the proper use. And that's why he forbids, but he does forbid drunkenness. Now, let me come back to this. God forbids drunkenness. Okay? He forbids it. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I didn't mean the people, immoral people of the world. Or covetous, swindlers, idolaters, for then you have to go out of the world. But actually I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he's an immoral person, a covetous, or idolater, or vile, or drunkard, or swindler. Don't even eat with such a one. Remember? 1 Corinthians 6. Don't you know that the unrighteous won't inherit the kingdom of God? Drunkards. Don't you remember Galatians? The deeds of the flesh are evident drunkenness, carousing, all kinds of things like these. Those who do those things won't inherit the kingdom of God. Time has already uh, passed. is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, less drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, abominable idolatries. And all they, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation, and they malign you. But they will give an account to him as ready to judge the living and the dead. What does he assume? about the people he's writing to? What does he assume about about them, the Christians? Yeah, you're not doing this anymore. You're not doing this. This is not the kind of thing that Christians do. That's the kind of thing that pagans do. Gentiles, right? Along with their Lusts and sensuality and carousing and abominable idolatries, things that God will judge on judgment day. But not you guys. They're surprised that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation. Do you see? The assumption is you used to do those things, but you don't anymore. And they make fun of you for it. But you know what? I happen to know that many of you do. Many of you, in fact, do exactly these things. Don't you? I know, some of you do. And you justify it, and you, you, you blow it off, And you think it's cool, and you think it's fun, and you think you're all mature for doing it. No, you're not. You're acting like a fool. Right? Not just a fool. Worse than that, you're acting like a pagan. Whether it's pot, whether it's alcohol. All right? Come on. you cannot live like a Christian. You cannot um, condemn sensuality, lust, idolatry, you know, homosexuality, effeminacy. You can't condemn all of that, but be all in with drunkenness. You understand? Come on. Come on, you guys. One last verse here, our passage. I want you to think about this. I'm going to put it up. How can you, um, as a Christian, obey this and still give yourself to drunkenness or smoking smoking dope? Tell me how how does that work? Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Pass the joint. Pass the joint. Right? Does that make sense? Anybody? There's a website uh, put up by a pastor called christiancannabis.com right christiancannabis.com and he's he's making the argument that oh yeah man I mean you can watch the videos I'm not oh yeah wow you know he's he's claiming that his ability to worship has been incredibly expanded by smoking pot and they're selling a whole line of Christian pot. <laughs> I know, but it's true. One is called uh, perseverance. <laughs> so, the strain of pot in that particular vaping pen is what it is, you know, is going to help you persevere. One's called um, peace, of course. One's called praise. And the funniest of all, I showed this to Zebra to my wife there's a little can of mints. That are filled—it's like a, infused with marijuana, right? It's mints, and it's called people. You know, you want to have good breath, but you also want to be high, and it makes you really love people, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm serious. This is where this is this is where the church is going, right? As long as it's not illegal, if your argument is simply, it's, well, it's illegal, so I won't do it, but once it's illegal, ah, christiancannabis.com, you know? Okay. You all with me? You guys? Okay. You with me? Not you, I was pointing to the guy behind you. (laughs) We all know Miss Halsey here. Okay, let's pray. Lord, please have mercy on us and and make us wise and not fools. Make us think with maturity, not like children. And I pray for our young people, young and old alike. I pray for those who are tempted to drunkenness and to dabbling in all these things or just to giving themselves to them. Father, have mercy on us and and. Uh, convict us of our sins and let us turn to you for help. I ask in Jesus' name, amen.